You're listening to Theology and Apologetics with Thomas Fretwell, bringing theology to life. Welcome to this special edition of the podcast. We are answering listeners' questions today, and in this episode we will be looking at the mysterious topic that everyone is talking about, what is the Great Reset? So sit back and enjoy. So today's supporter question has come in and it is simply this, what is the Great Reset? I'd just like to remind you that if you are a financial supporter of the podcast through the Patreon account, you can have any of your theological questions turned into podcast episodes, as well as unlocking a number of other benefits. To help us continue uh, making this podcast, please go to patreon.com forward slash theology and apologetics. So I wanted to address this question as it is a term that is actually increasingly being heard everywhere. Here is a clip of British comedian Russell Brand. Hello you. Everyone's going on about the Great Reset, aren't they? It's called the Great Reset. This is the Great Reset. It is called the Great Reset. There's a Great Reset. We're being reset. There's a conspiracy going on. I'm having a real look at the Great Reset today and asking, is it a real thing or is it just a crackpot conspiracy? And of course, with a topic such as this, there is much that borders on the fringe end of the conspiracy theories that live on the internet. However, the actual concept of a great reset is absolutely real. That's why I wanted to address it today. So what I'm going to show you is where this idea comes from and what it is in their own words. And also I want to tie in how it does relate to the COVID-19 situation. The two are very much connected. And then after that, having just laid out the facts, I will look to make some biblically related comments and application at the end. So let's start at the beginning. Where does the term the Great Reset come from? This phrase was coined by the World Economic Forum. Now, what is the World Economic Forum, you might ask? Basically, it is an organisation linking 1,200 of the world's largest and richest companies, facilitating their interaction with governments around the world. Companies like AstraZeneca, Barclays, Coca-Cola, Facebook, Google, IBM, PayPal, just to name a few. The forum is best known for its annual meeting in Davos, Switzerland, which brings together global leaders to consider the challenges of the world. Let me read to you just a quote from the, the WEF website. It says the forum engages the foremost political, business, cultural and other leaders of society to shape global, regional and industry agendas. They have pretty much unlimited wealth, resources and power. Many key figures in the UK attend the Davos meetings. Health Minister Matt Hancock, government's chief scientific advisor Patrick Vallance, and also Neil Ferguson, who was the scientist who shaped the uh, government's, many would say failed government's approach to the COVID-19 policy, with those projections that were wildly uh, inaccurate. In fact, many of the government's SAGE advisory group are actually involved with the World Economic Forum, along with uh, royalty like Prince Charles and and select environmentalists like David Attenborough and Greta Thunberg. They're all seen at the World Economic Forum. Now, the Davos agenda for 2021 is actually the Great Reset. So we do need to look at this question, what is it? Let's put it very simply. It is the belief of the World Economic Forum that the world needs a great reset. All the world's social, political, 
economic, environmental, industrial structures need to be dramatically reconstructed. Now, moving on from that definition, one of the interesting and also quite unsettling facts is, and this may be a reason why we see so many conspiracy type theories around this subject, is that the World Economic Forum do believe that the COVID-19 pandemic is an opportunity to initiate their Great Reset. And this really does raise a number of very thought-provoking questions. When a virus that many would say was engineered or came from a laboratory and has been unleashed on the world, many people ask the question. It doesn't take too many leaps in logic to see why people come up with these theories when you have a massive organisation like this looking uh, to do a great reset and something like the COVID-19 is being touted as the opportunity to do that. Of course people are going to ask questions and we could do a whole show on that. That's not my area. What I do want to do though is simply lay out some hard data for you so you understand more of the concept of what the Great Reset is. The founder and president of the World Economic Forum is Professor Klaus Schwab. He is a highly decorated individual. He holds 17 honorary doctorates, medals of honour. He's a grand cordon of the Order of the Rising Sun of Japan, whatever that is. He is a grand cross with the Star of National Order in Germany, whatever that is. And he is also knighted by Queen Elizabeth II. So he's quite a decorated man. And let's just play a clip of him here talking about the Great Reset. The World Economic Forum is now very much engaged into this initiative of shaping a great reset for the post-corona era. And of course, uh, the objective of this reset is to make the world more resilient, more sustainable, and also more fair. Now, we will be um, looking at the words of Professor Klaus Schwab a lot during this study because he actually recently published a book at the end of last year. And the book's title is simply COVID-19 the Great Reset. Let me read to you just a quote so you get a flavour of what I'm talking about here. This is, this is from the book, quote, This pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine and reset our world. Many things will change forever. A new world will emerge. The societal upheaval unleashed by COVID-19 will last for years and possibly generations. Many of us are pondering when things will return to normal. The short response is never. Every country from the United States to China must participate. Every industry from oil and gas to tech must be transformed. In short, we need a great reset of capitalism for global leaders to shape this future state of global relations, the direction of national economies, the priorities of societies, the nature of business models and the management of global common interests. Now, you may find some of that language quite distressing. Uh, I admit it does have a very dystopian overtone to it. The mention of these global leaders who will be shaping and moving society in their direction, almost like an elite group of people shaping the world in their image. And that is not the language of a conspiracy theory. That is plainly stated. That does seem to be the intention. And to be more frank, the more I looked into this, the more I read on the World Economic Forum website, it, the more shocking it became. And it does also explain many of the things I believe we see happening in our world right now. What we call cultural currents or cultural trends do actually seem to be engineered somewhat by these groups of people. And we'll touch on this as we go. 
Let me share with you some of the big themes that form part of this great reset that the World Economic Forum is deadly serious about. The first major factor, of course, is globalization. this new order that is envisaged by the WEF. Great Reset will be a global government and that will mean there will be less individual nation states independence. Let me read from Professor Schwab's book again. The more nationalism and isolationism pervade the global polity, the greater the chance that a global governance becomes ineffective. Sadly, we are now at this critical juncture. Put bluntly, we live in a world where nobody is really in charge. So of course the question naturally arising from this is, if no one is in charge, who should be in charge? And the answer of the WEF is that national governments, in partnership with international business leaders and elite influencers, basically the people who attend Davos each year, are the ones who should be in charge. This ultimately means that the agendas for nations are not to be set by the people or by individual leaders of those nations, but by an international elite group of people conferring together on the future direction of the world. Now let me make an observation that may be quite uncomfortable for many, but I believe this background will help demonstrate why the world reacted so strongly to President Trump. Now I know people will immediately blame his character or moral failings, and of course that's an argument that we can have, but I'd ask you just to consider whether this is actually one of the driving factors behind that, because his policies, his America First policy, was extremely anti-globalist. That is, it stood squarely against the agenda of the World Economic Forum, and this may be why there was such targeted universal opposition against him. It wasn't about Trump, it was actually against the policies, and I believe we'll see this again in the international stage at some point when we go forward. This is already well underway in the UK too. In 2019, the UK Business Secretary Greg Clark, he announced a new partnership with the World Economic Forum. This is from the the gov.uk. He said, speaking at the World Economic Forum annual meeting in Davos, the business secretary confirmed the UK would establish a new partnership with the World Economic Forum Centre for the Fourth Industrial Revolution, based in San Francisco, to develop future regulation which benefits business and consumers. Again, future regulation is a very worrisome term when it comes from government and people in power. Notice that the phrase you, you read there, Fourth Industrial Revolution, Now, that's an important term again. What is this? This is another major theme in the Great Reset, the technological revolution. And it's actually quite fascinating. This is what Klaus Schwab has proposed will fix the problems caused by the COVID-19 pandemic and by global warming. The fourth industrial revolution is their solution to this. Let me read to you an extended quote again from Professor Schwab's book. He said the scale and breadth of the unfolding technological revolution will usher in economic, social and cultural changes of such phenomenal proportions that they are almost impossible to envisage. The mind-boggling innovations triggered by the fourth industrial revolution from biotechnology to AI are redefining what it means to be human. The future will challenge our understanding of what it means to be human from both a biological and a social standpoint. It can lift humanity into a new collective and moral consciousness based on a shared sense of destiny. Now this is, again, 
very interesting language and it I believe exposes the worldview behind this the idea of redefining what it means to be human shaping uh, a new humanity towards a different moral consciousness this is these are big agendas that are going on here let me continue some of us quote some of us already feel that our smartphones have become an extension of ourselves today's external devices from wearable computers to virtual reality headsets will almost certainly become implantable in our bodies and brains. Advances in neurotechnology will enhance our cognitive abilities. Some kind of implants will increase our brain power and our ability to function as well as cutting out disease. We will become better able to manipulate our own genes and those of our children. He dreams of active implantable microchips that break the skin barriers of our bodies, smart tattoos, biological computing and custom designed organisms. Now I'm going to remind you again at this point this is not coming from some right-wing conspiracy theory website this is directly from the pen of the current leader founder and president of the World Economic Forum. So that is another big theme of the Great Reset. Another issue as we mentioned briefly is environmentalism. The World Economic Forum is committed to radical action on carbon change and it has led to our own Prince Charles launching what he calls a sustainable markets initiative with the generous support of the World Economic Forum. Here is Prince Charles. This clip is from the Royal Family YouTube account. We have an incredible opportunity to create entirely new sustainable industries, investing in nature as the true engine of our economy. The current global crisis has disrupted every aspect of our lives. But it has also presented us with an extraordinary opportunity, a chance to reset and accelerate efforts to improve the state of our world. We need nothing short of a paradigm shift, one that inspires action at revolutionary levels and pace. We simply cannot waste any more time. The more you read this literature, the more you'll read this word sustainable. It does seem to operate like a buzzword. It's almost like a code for the agenda of the Great Reset, and it sounds very good. There's a big push for what we call sustainable farming. It's a very big issue at the moment, and this is really where it comes from, the, the, the leaders at the World Economic Forum. And we do need to realise these are not disconnected causes from noble-minded individuals. It does seem that it is the World Economic Forum that is behind all of these agendas in our culture. Not everything, of course, but like I say, these themes of the Great Reset will hopefully allow you to understand some of this. Things like animal agriculture are on the chopping block. One of the key players in this is Bill Gates. Anyone will know there's a million and one conspiracy theories surrounding Bill Gates, but he is actually the person who has said that we need to eat genetic meat, and ultimately that will destroy the farming industry at the same time. Let me read to you from an interview. He said this, quote, I do think all rich countries should move to 100% synthetic beef. You can get used to the taste difference, and the claim is they're going to make it taste even better over time. Eventually, that green premium is modest enough that you can sort of change the behaviour of people or use regulation to totally shift the demand. Now, of course, when you start talking about changing people's behaviour by the use of regulation, again, people get very worried. And he is pushing this sustainable farming initiative. Now, you might just think that's a billionaire dreaming of goals that he wants to achieve. However, it does get a little bit more serious when you realise that the Gates Foundation 
has been busy buying up American farmland all over the US. In fact, they are now the largest private owners of farmland in the entire United States. So watch this space. Another big theme of the Great Reset is financial and economic reform. Schwab suggests that what he calls stakeholder capitalism, which he says is a model he first proposed a half century ago, and it positions private corporations as trustees of society. Please notice that expression. He, say, he says it is clearly the best response to today's social and environmental challenges. It positions private corporations as the trustees of society. Let me translate that for you. Private corporations, i.e. the very wealthy men that run them, are going to be the trustees of society. They will shape and govern the society in their own image. Their vision for the economic reform is even more radical than that when you read about it more. And they are using COVID-19 to help pave the way for this new economic order that they are envisaging. You see, in order to pay for the COVID crisis, governments have been creating money out of thin air, ending up with massive debts and currencies which are not backed by real wealth. The UK alone has debts of £2.8 trillion. This is another way the Great Reset and the COVID are coming together. Now, some are comparing the present situation to the end of World War II. This left many countries in ruins and huge debts caused by the war. At that time, the Bretton Woods Agreement was signed in 1944 in the USA, and this aimed at rebuilding the world economy after the war by creating a new world order, and in which the USA obviously was envisaged to be the leading power, and world currencies were to be pegged to the value of the US dollar. That's why you have the term New World Order, Novus Ordo Seclorum, in Latin on the backs of American money. The coronavirus pandemic has created an economic crisis similar to the one caused by World War II, and this requires a new monetary world order to reshape the world. So the thinking goes. Kristalina Georgievia, who is Managing Director of the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, she said this, Today we face a new Bretton Woods moment. A pandemic that has already cost more than a million lives. An academic calamity that will make the world economy 4.4% smaller this year and strip an estimated 11 trillion of output by the next year. Untold human desperation in the face of huge disruption and rising poverty for the first time in decades. Once again, we face two massive tasks to fight the crisis and build a better tomorrow. We must seize this Bretton Woods moment. Now, some of the ideas being pushed for this economic reform are to do away with cash, introducing what they call central bank digital currencies. This is a form of cryptocurrency, basically, that's used in international trade and finance. China is already creating such a system. The Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey has said, quote, I think in a few years time we will be heading towards some sort of digital currency. The thing about these uh, centralised uh, digital currencies is that with the banks and government, they can now keep a track on every single penny that is spent, and they are currently developing technology to do this. This means that they can develop the power to literally enable people to buy and sell. They can also prevent people, I assume, you can extrapolate from this, that who don't comply with or don't fit into their categories for some reason, that they will not be able to buy and sell. Bill Gates is currently proposing such a worldwide biometric ID system, coupling it with a worldwide vaccination program to beat COVID-19. It's very similar to what the International Monetary Fund is talking about here. Another idea in this economic reform of the Great Reset is to give every citizen a basic universal income, regardless of the work that he does or doesn't do. 
Now, of course, this will destroy free market, destroy the capitalism and any motivation that people would have for work. Basically, the world will be one massive welfare system with the government and the World Economic Forum leaders controlling it. Other things that they're proposing are wealth redistribution amongst the nations, open borders, shorter working weeks, all factors for the new financial world order to get us to that position where things are dramatically changed. And you cannot deny that these are things, arguments that we see currently going on around the world. What is the goal ultimately? I've just listed all these things that sound unusual, but yet we see them happening in our world. What is the goal? To be frank, this just sounds like another utopian dream. This is what happens in a society when people reject God and they try to start their own kingdoms. Listen to Danish MP Eide Ukin, who is a World Economic Forum member. He said this, Welcome to the year 2030. Welcome to my city. Or should I say our city. I do not own anything. I don't own a car. I don't own a house. I don't own any appliances or any clothes. We have access to transportation, accommodation, food and all the things we need in our daily lives. All in all, it is a good life. This is very similar to the phrase you'll see being thrown around in relation to the Great Reset. You will own nothing and you will be happy. So let's sum up. Money fails. Nations go into some kind of digital currency enforced by the technological revolution. The money supply is controlled by a central world authority linked to a central bank which will pay people a basic living allowance. And presumably people who do not comply will get cut off from that basic living allowance. Nationalism will be forgotten. Instead of individual nations making decisions for themselves through elected representatives, decision for the world will be made by a conglomeration of national leaders, business leaders and elite experts. There will be tighter regulation on everything, leading to a carbon-neutral utopia where there will be no poverty, no private property and no inequality. This is the Great Reset and the World Economic Forum and many others are talking about it and it is a real thing and they want to use the COVID-19 pandemic to kick it off. The expression, we can build back better, is a phrase from the World Economic Forum, one which many leaders are utilising now to encourage their nations in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now let's make a little bit of biblical application here because that does all sound rather almost like a fantasy, like I'm reading the script of a dystopian novel. But note, this is very real. I have not looked at any sources except the World Economic Forum and some of their videos on YouTube. So all I have done is lay out the plans of the World Economic Forum's Great Reset as it has publicised in its own writings. And I'm sure at many times, if you're at all biblically literate, you might have thought that this sounds strangely reminiscent of various eschatological scenarios laid out in the Bible. You see, mankind has always sought to deny the truth of sin. The idea that we are all good and will come together in harmony if someone, i.e. big government in this case, just helps, has been tried many times in history. Actually, this goes back to the Tower of Babel, where a rebellious man first tried to do this in Genesis chapter 11. We have seen many different regimes try this in the history of the world, to force a utopian vision on others. And quite frankly, it always ends in bloodshed, because their assessment of humanity is wrong. Mankind will not make that sort of a kingdom because we have a sin nature. Now, regardless of your eschatological view, 
you must admit that a very strong case can be made that in the days before the return of Christ, in the last era of human history, the Bible does indicate that there will be a world system under the rule of a conglomeration of global government. And it does seem to imply that it will be ruled by an extremely charismatic leader who comes with a promise of peace. And this peace may be some sort of utopian vision like we've seen many times in history. He gains complete control over the world economic system. The Bible does indicate that people will not be able to buy or sell without an identifying mark from this government. And he will also have the military under his control and he will quash any individual nations that may still remain outside of his control and challenge his rule. Now, all of this is in the Bible. It's an eschatological scenario that has been written down hundreds of years in advance. So when you read about things like the Great Reset, we do need to be concerned in the sense that we need to understand the times as Jesus commands us to. Now, listen, let me make this very clear. I am not saying that this is that. I'm not saying that what we're seeing happening right now is the actual fulfillment. But it is very easy to see precursors in the agendas of these things that we've been looking at. And it should give us pause for thought. At the very least, COVID-19 has shown us how quickly the status quo can change. And for Christians, we need to do more. It does make people fearful, it does make people worry, and it makes people angry, and this is a hotbed for violence and anarchy, but not Christians, that's not our response. So let's look at a few things that Christians can do in light of this. First, quite frankly, we need to be sure in whom we have believed. We need to know that our destiny is secure, and we are born again, and we are saved, and we stand on the rock of Jesus Christ. In Christ we have rest, and we do not need to fear things like this. We know that our future is secure in him. That's my first bit of advice. Know in whom you have believed. Second, remember the rest of the biblical narrative. Eschatology must be understood within the larger meta-narrative of scripture. Jesus returns and he has no trouble defeating those who would set themselves up in opposition against him. He is the only one who can tell what is going to happen in the future and his vision is the only one that will actually do what it promises the kingdom of christ is what we work towards and what we look forward to third and most importantly probably be actively involved in gospel work we are called to be ambassadors for christ's kingdoms for every second that we are on this earth and it doesn't matter what is going on what agendas are being pushed yes we want to resist we want to be preservatives on the earth we want to be light in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation all those things are true but we need to be involved in gospel work primarily john 9 verse 4 says we must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day night is coming when no one can work but right now it's still day so we work number four Whilst there may be a great reset proposed by the world, I would propose that we need a great return in the church. All throughout the scriptures you see God through the prophets of Israel imploring the nation Israel to return. Jeremiah 6.16 Thus says the Lord, Stand by the way and see and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is. Walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Jeremiah 4.1, if you will return, O Israel, declares the Lord, then you should return to me. And if you will put away your detested things from my presence, I will not waver. 
Isaiah 55 verse 7, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him and to our God. He will abundantly pardon them. In Jeremiah, it says there that we need to ask and seek the ancient paths. We need to return to the ancient paths. What is the ancient paths? Well, you'll learn from the book of Jeremiah. It's the commandments of God, the way of God, the word of God, the scriptures. This is what the church must return to. The church needs to stop being so comfortable in the culture. We need to radically return to the ways of God, to the word of God. A great return such as this is the exact response the church should be doing in the face of a great reset by the world powers. There's no competition. There's just God's kingdom and that will prevail and Satan's temporary domain will be brought to a swift end. And in that we can rest secure. I want to close with this promise from our Lord, John 14:27. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled nor let it be fearful. And that is a word from the Lord to us. As we look at some of these things that can be distressing, we must not fear. We know the Lord. We know his kingdom. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I know this is a slightly different issue, but I trust it's been informative. Please remember to subscribe. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook and Instagram. And the podcast is over most podcasting channels. And if the Lord does lead you, uh, you can support us on Patreon. The information is in the credits at the end. Until next time, God bless. You've been listening to Theology and Apologetics. This podcast is supported by your generous donations. To help us continue to bring you great content, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash theologyandapologetics. If you've been blessed by this podcast, please leave us a review and remember to connect with us on social media. For more resources, please go to theologyandapologetics.com. Thanks for listening.